Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gross Anatomy. And I am Dr. Jason Cohen, and I'm so happy to be joined by Lauren Taylor. Lauren Taylor, not in LA anymore. And what are we talking about today, Lauren? Today, well, unfortunately, we had a little, a few more celebrity deaths we kind of wanted to talk about. One was, I think you're a fan of Olivia Newton-John. Who isn't a fan of Olivia Newton? Who wasn't a fan of Olivia Newton-John? I mean, yeah, I like her. I confess I didn't really know that much about her. Wow. I think any male in my age range uh, loved Olivia Newton-John. And even, you know, as embarrassing as it may sound, lusted after Olivia Newton-John as a youngster. I mean, she was like, I've heard many people say it. She was like many men and probably women's too, early first crushes, you know? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew she was like a sex symbol in Greece or if that's even an okay term to use. She was a crush. Yeah. She was a crush. She was a crush. She was and talented and gorgeous and and just embodied both good girl, bad girl. I think that's kind of what everybody liked about her, what I liked about her. And very talented. And she was in that roller roller derby movie I never watched. Xanadu. Yeah, that's like a cult classic now because it was so bad, but people like it. It was so bad. I saw it, but everybody saw it because they loved Olivia Newton-John from Greece. And she was, you know, a huge star. So I think it, a lot of people, and it wasn't like today where, you know, you could read the reviews online. So I think a ton of people must have seen Xanadu and it was pretty bad. It was definitely pretty bad. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't know what she did later in life really, but apparently she was, I mean, she suffered from breast cancer for a while. So she had it in the early 1990s. And then I guess again in 2017 and then, yeah. 2018. And then I guess it came back in her spine. Yeah. So she had a young age, but even before we talk about that, she was also a, um, she was like one of the first workout video kind of people too. Cause she did that song. Let's get physical. Remember that song? Oh, Let's get yes. physical. Okay. And the video is about like working out and, you know, in the headband and the spandex. So she was kind of like a sex symbol from that, but also like a huge, motivational workout person because of that. I think, you know, that's a little, you know, that was, there's that TV show now um, that I'm blanking on the name with. Oh, with it's Rose. called Physical. Rose right. Byrne. Yeah. Rose Byrne. And I think it must be taken from that for sure a little bit because of Olivia Newton-John. You know, I never put that together. I always think of Jane Fonda as like the workout starter, but I guess she wasn't. No, I, or I don't know if Olivia Newton-John was, I don't know if she actually did the workout stuff, but that video was huge. And I think okay. was probably played on all different things and, and kind of inspired people to do the working out stuff. I mean, she's obviously very talented. I read something Rebel Wilson, you know, that actress, but yeah. Um, so she, she's also an Aussie and um, she said how, what an inspiration she was to her, like, and everyone in Australia, they're giving her a big like state funeral. Yeah. She was pretty amazing. And, and, um, she had breast cancer at a young age. And, and you have to wonder, um, while it's not necessarily the case, but it makes me think about genetic breast cancer, uh, the, the breast cancer gene, the BRCA gene that, that we actually these days we see breast cancer, whether or not someone has a genetic mutation early on anyway. But 
certainly makes me think about the fact that she may have been, you know, a genetic carrier for breast cancer, but maybe not. But it it just makes me think about that. And certainly it makes me think about, I think she has at least one child. Um, I hope that she was tested, uh, the mom, Olivia John was tested for the gene. And, and if she's negative, great. But if she was positive, I hope her daughter also has been tested and kind of decided, you know, what to do based on those results. I haven't treated her. So I'm just one. It just made me think about it. Well, that makes me think of a question I have. Have you ever had a patient come in that was tested that didn't didn't have the gene that said, you know, like this? What's the point of this test? Have you had that experience? Yeah. You mean someone who's had breast cancer? No, someone who is tested, tested to see if they have that gene and they say they don't, but they still get breast cancer anyway. So they're kind of like, what's the point of taking these tests? Yeah, it, no, and that that's something. Yeah, and and so there because of that, there are plenty of people say, "Oh, why should I bother getting tested?" But the reason to get tested is sometimes it helps decide if you test positive how how to dictate and how to plan the treatment. Because often someone shows up with breast cancer just in one breast, so you're really focused on treating that single breast if they don't have the gene, but if they have the gene that puts a patient at risk for having breast cancer in either breast and that person's surgery may be a bigger surgery, that patient may decide to do a a double mastectomy. Okay. So so whereas if they're thinking, you know, maybe I I don't want to do a mastectomy, maybe I should do what's called a lumpectomy, which is breast conservation therapy. um, That's good to know if you don't have the gene and you're a candidate to save the breast, it'd be worth knowing that because if you have the gene, A, you may consider doing a double mastectomy, but at the very least, you may say, you know what, I I shouldn't try to do a lumpectomy because sure, I got breast cancer in that one area of my breast, but the rest of my breast over the course of my life may pop up with more breast cancers if I have that gene. Right. So that's that's one reason, especially in someone who's young or has a strong family history to get tested for that gene. And that makes sense. So what would make it spread to her spine? Like if she recovered in like the nineties, I guess, 2017, 18, and it just came back to her spine. What? Yeah. Well, it, it's hard to say for sure whether, so that that's why I wonder a, could she have had the gene and maybe um, that puts her at risk for developing further breast cancer. I don't know what her treatment was right. years ago. She, I don't, I don't think all of that was made public. Whereas like say, Angelina Jolie, who's not my patient, she was very public about it. She had breast cancer and then decided to do a double mastectomy to prevent the chance of breast cancer popping up in either she, breast. In no, the she just, I think, had the gene. Like she, oh, she just had the gene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So, so her mom, I think, died of no, her mom died of ovarian cancer. So she also got rid of like her ovaries. Right. Right. And and the BRCA gene, um, is a risk factor for developing breast or ovarian cancer. So, right. So she yeah. just did it. Right. So, so I don't know what treatment option Olivia Newton John did. So that may have dictated um, or, or, or explained why the breast cancer came back later. But the other thing is, I don't know, you know, with breast cancer, it's a very treatable cancer, not always necessarily curable, but even later stage breast cancer is often very treatable and we have the abilities to kind of make it disappear for a while. Um, 
And then there's always that chance that it could come back. And, you know, sometimes we don't use the word cure for cancer. We kind of use the word in remission or, uh, or it's, you know, no longer detectable or there's no obvious disease, but there's always that chance with cancer of it coming back in the future in distant parts of the body. And again, I don't know what kind of treatment she had in the past. And I don't know if this was a new breast cancer or a different breast cancer, but it's one of the reasons why someone who develops breast cancer, even if it seems like it's middle stage or early stage, we still continue to follow them often for the rest of their lives, just to make sure it doesn't come back. And if it does come back, hopefully we could treat it. Right. Okay. And yeah, one of the scary. one of the common places for breast cancer to spread, unfortunately, is the bone. Okay. Interesting. And then, yeah, it's obviously sad. I was thinking about Kelly Preston. Like, you know, you think of John Travolta because he was in Greece, and then oh wow, I didn't even think of that years ago. Like, it's interesting a, association due to Greece. No, I just mean like the breast cancer. I'm sure they knew each other, and she was probably suffering when she was suffering. It's just it's sad. Right. What's interesting is I saw, I'm sure you didn't, but I remember seeing Greece in the theaters as a kid. And that's how, that's how old I am. And it was actually, even before it came out in the theaters, it was a play either on Broadway or off Broadway. And my sister had seen it. And I remember I knew she was playing the record. We had records back then. She was playing the record over and over again. So I knew all the songs from Greece because of my sister, my older sister, uh, my dad had taken her, I think as a birthday present to go see Greece and just such a, such a great movie and musical and play and, and all of that. Yeah. It does have a lot of great songs. It's true. It's not, it's not my favorite musical, but it's good. I agree. Not my favorite musical, but it's pretty great. Right. And then another celebrity death and Hesh. I don't know if you know, you know who that actress is. Yeah, of course. Of course. Like I always think of her from Volcano. Like, I don't know why I saw that movie, but it wasn't, it wasn't a great movie, but she was good in it. I think of her as being Ellen DeGeneres' ex. That's why I think of Anne Hesch. Um, plus she was in a movie, a, a decent movie with Harrison Ford. I forget the name of it, but she was in a movie, like a, a really cool, like adventure romance movie with Harrison Ford that I remember. I know what you're talking about. It's not coming to mind right now. I also remember Anne Hesch as being, unfortunately, having some mental um, issues and, and kind of breakdowns that were very public in the past. So it it's upsetting to hear yeah. about this. See, I didn't know that part, but apparently she wrote a book. I forget the exact title. I think it's like called call me crazy or you can call me crazy or whatever. I didn't realize that she had so many struggles like that, which is yeah, definitely sad. Yeah. The way she died, I I mean, she crashed into someone's house. Apparently she was talking to the firefighters though. And then she slipped into a new coma and then she died. So I don't know, like, does that, would that mean to you? It was like a brain bleed. I don't even understand how you're like responsive. And then all of a sudden you just, well, it's it's hard to say, and supposedly she had severe, severe burns all over her body too, which sometimes aren't compatible with life. And um, but yeah, she may have had a, she must have had some severe brain injury and some major head injury. And sometimes with head injuries, you could be clear and lucid one minute, and the next minute you're, you know, the the bleed causes enough pressure on the brain that that you, you slip away. 
but I, I don't know the details of, of what happened to her. I don't know what hospital she went to. I knew it was here in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know, I, I think she was an organ donor. I think, um, she was, which, yeah, that's nice. So, I mean, terrible situation, but they waited for her organs to be donated to take her off life support. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. You know, having, having done a lot of that stuff and my kid, you know, just as a weird aside, my kid, uh, my 16 year old told me about this book that she really liked. I think that she had to read at one point for school called unwind. Have you heard of this book unwind? I think they made it a movie. I kind of want to see it now. And it's about these kids who are unwound by their parents, um, which is nuts or by the, by the, uh, by the government to have all of their body parts harvested. It's a really interesting, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I kind of read it, um, just to kind of humor my kid, but supposedly there are a whole bunch of, you know, part two and three and four. And now I'm going to, I'm interested in reading the rest of the books. There was a, a movie like that with like, I think Kieran Knightley you was in McGregor. No, was it? No, I guess we're talking about different things. There was a movie about kids that were just like, I guess, I don't know if they got a number or they were just like born to be harvested. So like they only made it right. like 18 and it was so right. depressing. I was like, why did I watch this? This is terrible. Right. And so I don't know if this is that same movie. Right. But there, and then there was another movie with you and McGregor about it too, a little bit. You got to wonder, you know, if at some point something like that may even become a reality, which is crazy, you know? Yeah. It's pretty disgusting and disturbing. So hopefully not. Yeah, totally. Did you read this story? I sent you an article. This, this was crazy. Remember we had that podcast called like serial killers MD about all the doctors who were actually murderers. Yeah. We almost had another one in California, maybe, I mean, allegedly. A California dermatologist was arrested after um, trying to poison her husband with Drano, like slowly over time. But I believe he was also a doctor. They'd been married for 10 years and he had been feeling ill, you know, like, and they couldn't figure out why and like what was wrong with him. And then he just suspected that his wife was poisoning him. And there's like video they actually showed on like Good Morning America of like her putting stuff in his lemonade. Wow. So she's arrested. I mean, she's out on bail now. And obviously he filed for divorce and full custody of the children. No wonder why I've been so tired lately. Maybe my <laughs> wife, know. maybe Bernice is, is trying to do something like that to me. Yeah. So apparently like, there's video footage of he would like, I don't know what kind of lemonade this was, but he would put saran wrap over it. And then the video shows her taking it off and putting something in. And it's like, he, he noticed his lemonade was tasting funny and then he was getting sick. I was just like, Wow, she I don't know. That is pretty weird. But why was he putting saran wrap over his lemonade? Yeah, that's the part I didn't understand either. Maybe he thought someone was poisoning him and he wanted proof. Well, on a on a weird note, I used to eat certain foods like guacamole and things, and I would always wonder sometimes like I'd go to a restaurant and have guacamole or someone, and I'd be like, and I'd always wonder to myself. Are they using, are they not like rinsing the dish that they put the guacamole in? Because it always tasted kind of soapy. Mm. Do you know what I'm getting to, getting at? No. Oh, and this would happen for years until finally I found out. Oh, yes, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, I finally found out that cilantro, yeah. for some people, tastes very soapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people. And I used to always be like, you know, what's wrong with this place? Are they not cleaning? You know, I, I used to always 
you know, or is someone not rinsing their dishes after they clean it? And and then I realized, no, it's it's me. I'm I'm just weird. Are you, so you one just of those always people? have to be like no cilantro? Right, exactly. And my wife likes cilantro, so it's always like she'll be like, oh, I'll take it on the side. Uh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, you can't have cilantro if it tastes like soap. That's crazy. I know it tastes like soap. Like sometimes yeah. it's not so bad, but it's always a little soapy. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I remember talking about that now, like those mm-hmm. weird things that people have, and you have one of them. I have one of them for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. My wife and I also joke around sometimes about how we would dis- if we wanted to kill each other. How would we do it? Like, what method would we do? You know. So thinking, you know, talking about poisoning and stuff like that. I mean, poisoning, slowly poisoning someone with Drano just sounds so painful. Like, can you just not do something quicker if you're going to do it? Right. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An interesting fact is that um, apple seeds, I think we may have talked about it. Apple seeds have cyanide in them, Uh, you know, tiny amounts of cyanide. But I guess, I don't know how many apple seeds you would need. But if you took enough apple seeds, you could probably poison someone. Yeah. And get away with it, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? Nobody who knows. knows. Well, in that podcast we did, serial killers who are like that are also doctors. There was the most famous one, Dr. H. H. Holmes, that was like America's first modern serial killer. It's like Devil in the White City. They wrote a whole book about it. We talked about him. He killed all these people in like his like dungeon type place um, in the world's like Chicago's World Fair. Um, so they're making a movie, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese, and they finally have their star. It's going to be Keanu Reeves, I think, is going to play that doctor, America's first serial, serial killer. Oh, wow. That'll be interesting. I know. So who, who does Leonardo DiCaprio play? Like, I don't know if he's in it. It's just as that oh. they're producing it, and it's going to be a Hulu limited series. So I'm definitely going to watch it. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.